0: The business has grown organically, but it, it isn't without watering the flower. You know, like there's anybody who says like, oh, you're so lucky. I just feel like that's like most incessant insult you could pass to somebody. It's like saying somebody's nice. It's like nice as a biscuit. I don't want to be nice. I want to be, you know, bigger than that. Um, same for the business. So I think this year is probably my hardest year so far. And that really had to do with scale. So growing you know, COVID hit last year and lots of businesses went on a downturn. However, we didn't. We went on an upturn because chocolate is the answer to everybody's problems.
1: Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials. Here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast truly excited to bring to you a beautiful soul this week as she describes herself as a girl after the heart of people she's chosen chocolate as her medium of connection and changing the way people perceive quality that is far greater than taste itself beautiful bridget will is the amazing founder of coco pod And it was born out of her obsession with European chocolate and her desire to share with her family and friends the finest quality not available in Australian stores. At just 16 years old, on an exchange to Germany, her host father worked for a worldwide commercial chocolate company, and Bridget couldn't believe the chocolate supplies stored in their kitchen cupboards. There were even slices of chocolate purposely made to fit a slice of toast. Needless to say, her suitcase returning home was packed with a 16 kilograms of chocolate and just each subsequent visit to follow saw a similar situation with just one trip escaping the 200 euro excess baggage fine. Bridget Wilner and her team are constantly working to develop and perfect new innovative ideas with a focus on quality and attention to detail through pairing the best of what Switzerland has to offer in couverture with the best flavors in Australian produce. I'm really excited to share with this ex- extraordinary woman. She's a mum of three children, beautiful wife. She is here on the Sunshine Coast. CocoPod has gone from being developed in her kitchen, her home-based setup right through now into having a team of almost 10 people. You're going to love her story, her trials, her tribulations, how she sees the world, how she's wanting to be at the top of her game and constantly show up. I'm super excited to introduce you to this amazing woman, and I know you're going to enjoy this week's self-love podcast. Please don't forget to place your comments and feedback on the Kim Morrison 28 Instagram page, my Kim Morrison Facebook page. Follow Bridget at all of her beautiful links that I've put in the show notes for you. But if you're wondering, just uh, want to you know Google Coco Pod, it's K-O-K-O-P-O-D, and you'll find her that way. Buckle in, get ready. There's some amazing pearls of wisdom in this week's self-love podcast. Well, as you can hear in the intro, this beautiful soul is certainly after my own heart. To actually introduce and talk to somebody that has a real passion and love for chocolate, well, it gives me absolute pleasure to bring to the show the beautiful Bridget Wilno. Welcome to the self-love podcast.
0: Oh, Thank you, Kim. Thanks for having me. You know, we
1: met during a beautiful, what we called the Pajama Summit, uh, where the beautiful Heidi Myers invited a group of businesswomen from the Sunshine Coast to all come together. And I have to say that initiative was one of the most amazing things as far as us all getting to know one another and seeing what other women are doing here on the Sunshine Coast. But it also made me realize in sharing you in this podcast, how many communities are doing the same. Could you just give the beautiful listener here a brief background as to what got you into that beautiful business and who actually is Bridget?
0: I remember that um, that meeting that we had because Heidi had asked us all prior to coming to the Pajama Summit to write um, a profile on ourselves. And then at, on, the, on the day, we had to swap them and read out one another's. And I remember you got mine. And... Um, and I guess that's how we originally first met is sitting around that circle. You were you were reading out my profile and I knew it was mine, and everybody had to kind of guess who who's whose was whose. But I suppose um, you know, I guess in that profile as well as in general, I mean, there's there's Bridget, you know, who I am as me, and then there's Bridget who I am at work. But when you are self-employed or you are an entrepreneur as such. There's a very fine line between the two. You, you generally are one of the same. Um, and I guess that's pretty much what Cocoa Pot is. It's the essence of, of who I am displayed in, in a creative form, um, an edible form, um, and a form that's able to share far beyond what me as an individual um, could share with 24 hours a day.
1: I think it's beautiful you saying that because I often get asked the same question, you know, who are you? And when I do that, I can't, I can't separate me as a mum, a wife, a friend, a, a daughter, whatever, to being an entrepreneur and the owner of a, an aromatherapy company. I find that really challenging because everything I do in there is about me and everything I share is what I love to do. So. Talk to us then why chocolate was your thing. How did chocolate become the go-to for you?
0: Chocolate, I, chocolate found me. I would say <laughs> that sounds a bit cliche, but I say it was true. When I was um, newly married, I was a school teacher, and and I then uh, we had our first child, and so I was on maternity leave. My husband was working overseas for an extended periods of time, you know, two three months at a time, and um, I guess I was just. I had gone from being social and creative and in the classroom with lots of people and and I am a true extrovert at heart. And, and then I was at home just with, with a baby who couldn't talk to me and I was by myself and I just felt um, in hindsight now, I guess I was lacking connection. And so what I started to do was make wedding cakes because I mean, pastry and baking has always been a keen hobby of mine. And um and selling them and then, and then I decided that I wanted to study a little bit more and so I, I went and did a bit more skill, um, skilling up into some chocolate schools around Australia and independently. And then um, in winter, nobody was getting married so I, I decided I would sell the chocolates at the markets um, in winter and, and get a little bit more pocket money to buy more chocolate, to make more chocolate and try out on my ideas. And, uh, and then it just kind of evolved from that point, I suppose, like my sister was on maternity leave. So she used to come to the markets and help and she's in marketing. And it was just a lot of trial and error. I was a lot of like throwing mud at the wall and seeing what stuck. It was interesting for me. It was passionate. I got to spend my days, you know, planning and creating. And I guess it, it, it filled the void of feeling, you know, at home alone and lacking creativity and, and it served all the other purposes that are purposes that I felt I was missing. Um, and then it just evolved. It just We picked up some wholesale and it, and the next minute we're, you know, we're servicing, you know, eight IGAs and I had a registered home-based kitchen and and we were um, pumping out chocolate. And, and my husband came home one day and said, um, you know, this is, we're like, this is Willy Wonka's house and we're just like living in it. He was like, we sort of have to decide are we going to stop or scale uh, because right now like we're sort of growing out of the space, the domestic space we have. Um. So yeah. So he was really encouraging about our scaling, and I suppose we didn't really know what we're getting ourselves into, because <laughs> I mean, a chocolate company is a is an empire, right? But anyway, and so we scaled, and and so here we are. So we're sort of now grown. We have a commercial space. We we're a team at the moment of eight, and and we service maybe three hundred stalkers across Australia and some international prior to COVID, and uh, and I guess I really feel like I grew up. Grew up doing what I love. Um, Yes, I'm not in the classroom anymore, which is, um, which I I mean, I miss the classroom. But at the same time, I do get a lot of teaching sort of outlet in this business as well, with with workshops and children, or whether with my team or um, with my own children. So yeah, it sort of encompasses all of my loves in one. I think people and connection and creativity and food and um, connection really all together. So it's a win-win.
1: And it goes so well with every th- single thing that we all do in our lives. I just, I really want to applaud you. There is many women listening to this who also have a dream, have something inside of them that wish they could take it and be bigger and braver and more bold. And I think the thing that I'm taking from you is, you know, if you're doing it from a place of love and passion and wanting to actually contribute and connect, then let the things unfold. How would you say that relates from a corporate point of view to go from a home based business into a corporate entity that really is its own flourishing business now with nearly ten members on your team? I mean, that's that's very different to a small home based kitchen, isn't it?
0: Oh, definitely. I, I think I mean, youth and naivety played a lot in in that taking that big risk. I mean, I feel like the I mean, I was uh I'm now thirty four, so I was I don't even know how old I was. Maybe I was twenty-five when I started, twenty-six, and then the bits we probably relocated. I was maybe 30, 29, 30, 30. And so I think when you're a bit younger, you you don't really know what you don't know yet, and so you don't really if you've got a bit a lot more guts and you've got a lot more, um, you know, zass in you, I suppose. And I think ultimately, my entire life, I've always followed. My gut I've always followed my heart i've never ever ever been in a situation or position that's sort of not on my own choice or not of my own um, you know pathway I very 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 internal interpersonally um intellect i suppose intellectual and so I really focused that and so nothing it's never about money for me it's never about um anything other than like this is this feels right or this is what I want to do or this this gives me joy brings me joy and so obviously they have to ascertain risk and family around you and people I suppose um however I do have a really great network and my family is supportive and my husband's amazing so that definitely helps um to take that risk but ultimately to go to that corporate leap I suppose you have to you have to really love you have to really love it like the, the, the that just really has to be the core of it because there's nothing else that will get you through the shit, I suppose, like the really tough, hard grinds that you're going to have to do or, the, you know, when you take on um, people and staff, you in, 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 inherit an entire different um, dimension of of work, I suppose, and, and and skill that you need to overcome and you really just have to love it. The core of it, you have to believe that what you're doing is, for the greater good or has a bigger picture that's way beyond you, like way beyond you and your skill and your, and your goals. But it's just you have to really love what you do because that's really the only thing that will get you through.
1: I agree wholeheartedly. And you mentioned in there, though, that there has been shit. There is times when it's low. And if anyone was listening to this, they'd think, gosh, it sounds like it just grew so beautifully, so organically, so naturally. But there is a lot of challenge in being an entrepreneur, a business owner, A manager of team and also a family woman. Talk to us about maybe one or two of the worst times that you've been through. Have you ever been close to shutting the business? Has there ever been a time when you felt is this really freaking worth it? Have you really gone to rock bottom and then how have you found yourself out of that? If you have,
0: sure. I mean, I mean, definitely does not grow. It's the business has grown organically, but it it isn't without watering the flower. You know, like there's anybody who says like, oh, you're so lucky. I just feel like that's like most incessant insult you could pass to somebody. It's like saying somebody's nice. It's like nice as a biscuit. I don't want to be nice. I want to be, you know, bigger than that. Um, Same for the business. So I think this year is probably my hardest year so far. And that really had to do with scale. So growing you know COVID hit last year and lots of businesses went on a downturn however we didn't we went on an upturn because chocolate is the answer to everybody's problems um which is which was amazing don't get me wrong but with non-steady growth comes growing pains and so that meant we had to um you know serve a greater need which meant we need more people but when you have more people it's not always doesn't always mean you've got higher output or or that that's the answer. I think, um, that was my mistake and I own that. I then spent a lot of time managing people, um, which took me even further away from, um, chocolate than I would have liked, uh, because my job was no longer making chocolate. My job was managing people. And obviously if you don't get it right, if you don't, you know, if you don't get that bit right as far as hiring the right people or, or having the right role for the business required to then put the right person in, it's, you know, you spend a lot of time managing um, that problem, I suppose, and, and and working out where you went wrong and how to learn from that, and how to move forward. So I would say this year definitely was be with the largest growth that we had. We tripled last year in business. So, you know, I've just scaled back down now. So sort of had to work out you know, the roles that were important and and how I was going to keep every everything moving um, forward without detracting from my time. Because the business is really, as a founder, I mean, it's very core founded on the success of the business is reliant on how much energy I have and how much um, creativity I have the ability to output and how much um, time and love I have into putting into the tank. So, so if anything or anyone or any opportunity or any any uh, business um, arrangement that we have with uh, anybody else is detracting from that, it had to go. We call I called it cutting the fat. It was it was like we we got fat and now we needed to get skinny again because you know it it's just how I felt like it needed to go. Whether it be right or wrong, I'll probably know in six months. But for right right now, it feels right it feels like it was the right thing to do so yeah so that's probably been the hardest thing um the second hardest thing I feel like wasn't so much having um in to do with the business but I feel like it definitely shaped it shaped my my life it shaped my pain threshold it shaped my skill set it shaped my mental load like my mental ability to carry a lot and I guess that was probably childbirth and I think I discussed this in the um in the profile that you read out at the pajama summit, but you know i had my i have had three children now and 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 they've all been you know drug free natural labors but my first one was extremely long um and I was twenty four and i and I guess <clears throat> that really gave me the fire that I could do anything. It really signified to me that if I could do that, which was horrendous by the way. I really, like everything else seemed less. Everything else seems not that hard. Um, and I think that really is testament to getting this business to where I've got because nothing feels that hard having, had, having overcome like a significant challenge um, like that. So, yeah, so I say there were probably like two pivotal um, years of my life.
1: Yeah, I can hear that. And I just want to go back into that then a little bit more because for many women, to I mean, thankfully, in this day and age, we we are respected in the business world. We do have an impact and we certainly have a role to play. But we're also mums and we're also wives. How have you managed the role of entrepreneur, like you say, team manager, mum and wife, maybe daughter, sister, friend, and all of those things? Is there a secret formula? Is there something that you think is the ultimate um, gold ticket on how to be the best that you can possibly be in all those roles.
0: I think um, I think you just have to meet people where they're at. So you know, um, educating your family and friends and loved ones that, like, if I don't have it to give today, don't ask don't ask me to give it. It's 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 like the the energy or the love or the passion, and and you need to show up every day, and you need to you need to action action intent. Um, however, there are days where, yeah, I'm drained or I don't have it. Um, and, and, you know, you can, you can communicate that in lots of different ways, whether it be physical, like a hug or a tear or, or a, um, a smile or a cuddle. It's, it's, it's about communication, but I think I really intend in my life to meet people where they're at, at, at that minute, at that moment, um, whatever they're able to, you know, articulate or, or capable of achieving at that minute. Um and I I guess I ask people to do the same because there are days where you drop the balls, but there are days where where it's great and, and it's fun and, and just um physic like strategies that I've used to um actively get the best out of every day are things like um we moved our house the closest we could to home and school and we situated the factory and the school for my kids like really close together so that, you know, we weren't spending time commuting um, like we were prior, and and we weren't losing hours in the day to do those things. Um, My husband, he works FIFO, so he's away part of the time, um, but he's also home some of the time. So we've changed his roster a little bit so that it suits a bit better with um, the kids and he can help, you know, and be around as well. And then... um, I guess other than that, it's, it's inviting people to share your journey. So, you know, they, they're part of it. They don't feel like they're competing for time for you that they're just part of your milestones. They're part of your, because really, like I said earlier, like Cocoa Pot is me. It it is, it's personal. It's, if, if somebody's in my workplace, they're in my home, you know, they're, they're, it's really not work and not home. It's sort of like all of one of the same. So I think when you have people in your life, they, they are part of all of that together and it's about celebrating the highs and, you know, sharing the lows. And so meeting everybody where they're at and bringing them in on the journey I think is is how I've managed to to combine everything together and, you know, in, in harmony.
1: Yeah. Have you had problems though, like you are talking about team and having to manage that? Have you ever had people turn around and decide that Cocoa Pod's not for them or they're not happy? And how have you managed that transition with people who can't match your intent and your desire.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean this this year I've seen a little bit of that. Um, I mean, a part of it is my own is my own doing because putting the wrong person in the wrong role from the beginning is, um, you know. And I, but I do feel like people are really good at telling you what you want to hear, um, and they're really good at mirroring. Um, your own behavior. So, you know, you don't. When you're really like busy and and distracted, you you only see what you want to see. Um, and so that that definitely plays a part of it. But like I said, with here, it's personal. Like if something, if if, if somebody lacks integrity in in their in their life or in their doing, it it just it it's a matter of time for it to play out. And as soon as it starts to play out in the workplace, um. It has to go like it just doesn't fit it doesn't fit uh, with what we're trying to do here, and it doesn't fit with me and if it doesn't fit with me, it doesn't work because um, this, I am obviously trying to look after many people in the business and so when the business is doing really well and floating, then we all float. But if we have a, you know a crack in the in the hull, then then we're all going to sink. So I really have to look after the best interests of the, the broader team um but yeah look i have had some failings in that way for sure and and i think that's just part of it and and i hope that i won't see that again and and i hope that this year has taught me a lot about my own decision making and and how i can uh choose people for roles that will work i suppose and and it's not just um a desperation for what i think will work rather than what will work
1: Loved what you said before that Coco Pod is you, it's personal.
0: Yeah. If that's the
1: case, are there days where Coco Pod herself, if that's an entity, an energetic ent- entity of you, are there days when she needs more love, more attention? Is there times where you feel the business really is quite personal and therefore requires more of you? Or how do you navigate through that when business goes through highs and lows?
0: I mean, it's. It's, it's, I work all the time, sort of, I'm on the computer late at night or during the day, but I have to steal moments of time in the day to, to tend to the other parts of my life, whether it be picking up my kids from school or, you know, maybe I'll go for a run or something. I have to steal moments of time because when you do have your own business and you are an entrepreneur, it's just sort of, it's, it just never stops. It's, it's, it's constant, but it's not constant in a negative way. It's just, it's just how it is. Um, it's not right or wrong, and so there are days where yeah, there's there's deadlines or there's targets or something that needs to be met in order to um, to see the end of it. At the moment, we've been working on Christmas, which are only in July August, but you know we have to work on deadlines because we need time and printing and, and schedules to get that sort of active. So yeah, there are days where it pulls a little bit more, but then there are days where. It's not so draining and it's not so demanding and, and you've got the freedom to do and, and look, I have a really, really great team at the moment um, and I really am at peace with where we're at and I think that when you have a great team, you can afford those um, moments away when you need them, which is which is amazing.
1: Yeah, it's so precious and so important that you fuel your own tank in order to keep that, like you said at the beginning, the creativity and the connectivity together if that is the case, outside of CocoPod, Pod, which is, I realize it's a big part of your life, but outside of that, what are some of the things you do to take care of yourself?
0: I definitely um, am new to this, I suppose, because because I, I do have a high pain threshold, I do have a high stress load capacity, etc. But I suppose this year has really taught me too that I do need to take time out. So like I said earlier, I like to go for a run. I mean, yesterday afternoon I, my mum was helping with the kids at school I'm swimming, so I stole an hour and I went and climbed Mount Coolum by myself. I, I take a minute here and there um, just to look after myself. On Sunday I tend to, you know, wash my hair and, and have, that, have that moment to myself. But um, really for me it's just about taking moments of the day rather than days of the week or weeks of the year because I, I just can't do that, but I can take moments in the day. So I will steal five minutes extra in the car, um, before I walk into work or, you know, yeah, take some time to, to, I pretty much just like to exercise and like exercise outside is pretty much where I find the most peace, I suppose.
1: Yeah. Well, also, too, it keeps you charged. It's a great thing. You release a whole lot of endorphins. We think, I don't know, for me going for a run or a walk, you might be the same. No one can get me. No one can get me. So it's like I get my own little time to top my tank. It's so precious. So yeah. I, really, I hear you on that one. And, you know, the, one of the things about the Self Love podcast is what I've loved is that people are sharing their true story and who they are. And well, I'm hearing a very strong, very courageous woman and someone who's willing to take risks. And I loved reading your profile that day. That just made me, I just went, I like this chick. She thinks like I do. I love Mm -hmm. how you operate and I really admire your tenacity, your energy. It does take energy to be in life, doesn't it? It does require your full attention. So many people, when they say you're lucky or it seems okay for you or you've got help, People don't see what you just mentioned, up late at night doing the emails, you know, making sure you're in there earlier or doing all the things it takes. What would your advice be to someone who's about to start out on this journey now knowing what you know? Is there anything you'd give to someone listening going, Gosh, I'd really like to do this?
0: I think, um I think you really have to like look inside your own soul, I suppose, and see what's there first, you know. Um, because that will play out. So If you are an integral person by default, then you will build a brand of integrity. If you are a deceitful person by default, then you will build a brand of deceit. So you really have to, I guess, analyze your own self and see how far that's going to take you Um, because people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it and, and therefore everything you do your life it becomes your brand as well and and but you can't walk around consciously you know thinking that because you just it you it just won't work like you have to it has to be authentic without it being authentic it it um you will unravel yourself you'll spend all your energy trying to be someone that you're not and um you know when you're trying to sort of fit in all the time it um in any workplace whether it be your own or for somebody else if you're constantly just trying to fit in it it sucks all the energy out of you. I think the goal is to just to find where you belong, to find your people, to find your purpose, find your goals and have it align. And if it doesn't align, then you will hate, you will it might be fine and nice for a short amount of time, but then at some point you'll turn around and you'll be like, oh, I hate this Like because it sucks, all your drains, all your energy, and, and you'll resent it. And I think it's really easy to get to the place. Um, it's really easy to choose the short road. It's really easy to get to the place where we're really good at doing the things that we're doing and, and you're not needing to stretch, you're not needing to grow. Um, but for me personally, that's that's not my place. Like I like to be around people who grow me, stretch me, make me think openly and forwardly and broader. Um, I think that's a famous saying. It's like if you're the smartest person in the room, then you're in the wrong room. Um, and I really love that. And so for me personally, it's all about growth and, and learning and moving forward. And not looking back and actively learning from your mistakes, learning from your decisions, um, sort of creating a path i suppose and it, it's my husband always says like if it was easy, everyone would be doing it, and it 's not and and that 's why sort of there is only a certain amount of people that can cut the shit and move forward, um, and that tenacity that you that you discuss is part of that and and just integrity, I suppose. But I think as well, like having grace. So, I mean, grace is all about making all your mistakes serve a purpose um, and, and, and therefore you don't have anything to hide. There's no shame in that. You need to be able to um, say, yep, I stuffed up. That was a wrong call or, you know, that probably wasn't the smartest thing I've ever did but I'm going to learn from that and move forward. And, and as a leader, you have to always be looking internally at every problem that you, not- that you notice you have to look in, rather than blaming or shaming. You have to look inside and be like, "Where did I go wrong there? Like, how can I change that? How can I fix that? How can I um, encourage people around me, or whether it be your consumers for the brand of chocolate, or whether it be your team or anyone, your family? How can I make that better next time?" Um, and I think at Cocoa Pod, I mean, we yes, we make chocolate and we make really good chocolate, mind you, but we also have a really strong sense of integrity from the nose to tail approach so everything from like where we source the ingredients to who we work with and who supplies to us and who we distribute to to the quality of the you know the european chocolate that we use and the ingredients that are in that and then to who makes the chocolate i mean you have to make it with love and then how the care and attention it goes from when we pack it to when we send it out the relationships we have with our customers and the way that they talk about our brand to our to our people, which is both of our consumers, to then continue and do it all over again the next day. And, um, and I guess that's testament to, to generally the leader and that's me and that's how I live my life. So that's, I think, yeah, for, to encourage anybody who wants to start, I think you need to really look at yourself internally first and see like do I have this, do I have the skills or qualities, qualities probably more so, do I have the qualities that could take me far because skills can be learned. There's, there's no question to that. And if it's if you don't have the qualities yet, can I choose to step up and into those qualities? And if you want it, you can choose it. Um, you don't have to have it inherently, but you certainly can choose it for sure. But you, I guess you have to have that conversation with yourself first.
1: Brilliant advice. I, I don't know if you've seen the film like Order for Chocolate. Have you heard no. of that film? No, it's I a film that I was shown many years ago, many, many years, like decades. It was made decades ago. And it's about a young couple, Pedro and Tita, I think their names are. It's all done in subtitles. But she has this absolute love and falls in love with him. Absolutely falls in love with him. But she can't have him. She's the youngest, so she's dipped, She it's her dedication is to look after her unwell mother. She yeah. cannot be with him. So Pedro decides to marry the older sister wow. so that he can be close to her. It's a great story. It's so cool. Okay. Anyway, the grandmother knows the whole thing, and as they're making the cake and making things, and it's like you know when you watch chocolate being made, when you watch a beautiful big cake, and this is a beautiful spanish family um they're both crying into the batter wow. and then at the wedding everyone sits there and as they eat the cake they can't work out while they're all crying and they're all crying it's like wow. and what i took from that is the energy of that the, the outpouring of grief and love goes into yeah. what you do yeah, and yeah. therefore it has an effect i believe that's your x factor I believe that any entrepreneur who can put that much love into something, and particularly chocolate, which is so evocative and sensual and all of the beautiful things that come with it, when you can put that love, that drive, that intention, that authenticity, that integrity into something like that, I would say that has been your winning formula. Would you agree with me?
0: Yeah, I would would say that that's, that's probably an apt way of putting it for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well I just want to high five you for that because oh, to see people doing this and to living living their life with purpose and still being mums and wives and all of those things. Now speaking of being a mum, it's a huge role. We know what it's like. We know what it takes to raise these little humans into being big humans. What is your decision around or the way you make decisions around how to raise your kids? How do you get them to grow through what we're all going through at the moment? How do you inspire them to be the best version that they can possibly be?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I think, I mean, um, I have my parenting mum brain and I have my school teacher psychology brain sort of mashed into one again. One is one and one is all. Um, for me, it's about showing up for my kids. It's it's about being there, um, and I Dale, my husband and I, we've aligned our lives so that we can be present as much as possible. So when when there is something that needs to be discussed, or they have a moment, they like we're available to them, I suppose, um, and just you know, demonstrating love in, in our actions. So it may not always be words. It may be, you know, acts of service or, or doing something or a um, touch or something, so, you know, the, the five love languages is sort of something that we practice in our house. Um, and we, we guess we just, as I parent, it's, it's talk communication and talking to them about the whys, not just the rules. I mean, we don't rule with iron fists in our house. We, we certainly are all part of the conversation um and their children understand uh clear boundaries but why the boundaries are set there in the first place um and the importance of them um and as they grow up like we have really great kids we have a 10 year old and a six year old and a three year old and they are very uh they are very encouraging and and you know the other week i was climbed we as a family we climbed mount coulomb and um which is near to us and my three-year-old was on my back uh she's you know she climbed a little bit of the mountain down the bottom and then once we started to get up the up the steep, she, I hopped the, she hopped in the carry and I climbed her on her back. And and obviously that's tough, right? Like she's like 15 kilos. But the whole time she was like, come on, mom, you can do it. You're not going to give up, are you? You're not going to give up. And then uh, at times I had to have a rest and I sat on the rock and she'd be like, you're just having a rest, aren't you, mum?" And then you're going to keep going. And the people passed us and she'd yell out to the people, my mom's not quitting, she's just having a rest. She's just having a rest. And I got to the top, and I felt so proud that my own parenting was being reflected back at me. I mean, obviously, like that—you know—that you don't, you can't plan that. But that was that was my parenting being mirrored back in in her. I mean, she's obviously learned that, and I felt, yeah, I felt like that's a true sense of of that. Just encouraging and um, being present, and just showing up, and and not letting, I guess. The easy way out be an option, sort of like, yep, take a minute if you need it, take a breath, take a so breath, um, but then we're going to keep going, and and she was saying that to me, so I think that that's that's sort of a lot of what we do with our kids, and also I do with um with my work as well.
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful balance, actually. And in the same token, when, when our children yell at us or when they melt down or when they're not doing great, I don't know if you feel the same, but it's often yeah. a reflection of where I'm at too. And it, I think if we can take a breath in those moments and realise that mummy's tired um, we all, you know, I don't know if you say this, but I've always said it to my kids, you know, I've never been a 46 year old woman when I was that with a 15 and a 16 year old child. This is new to me. This is new to you. You've never had a 46 year old mom and been 14 looking out at the world. So this is, it's actually new territory we're all in yeah. every single day. Yeah. And I love the fact that you say you make the family part of the decisions and the why. If I could ask you that real personal question then, why do you do what you do?
0: Yeah, I guess that is a good question. I mean it's pretty it's it's hard to sort of encapsulate it in like one sentence. I would just say that it's I do it because it feels right. It's it's I wake up every day and I love what I do. Um I even all the pain and all the all the good all together I still love it. And I think that that's when that's when it feels right. It just feels like um working towards something that's bigger than me. Um working with people that are like-minded, um opportunities that can can stretch us all. And it's just not about settling, like it's just I just don't want I don't want yesterday's news. Like I want I want to I'm at a race for the top, not a race for the bottom. And uh and I think my why is just why not? Like if I mean I've come this far based on tenacity and integrity and and values and um why not? I mean yeah, it's it's worth it, I think, and uh, my why probably is is as much of wanting that connection to be manipula to be um sorry what's the word multiplied to be multiplied. Uh, the way I feel it in in a small sense, I want the world to feel it in a big sense, and I obviously I can't do that. There's only one of me, but it, through a business or through an, an intense corporate intent entity, uh, we can magnify that and and have it multiplied, and everybody can feel it. So. That's
1: yeah. probably my life. Beautiful. And I want us now to go back to that amazing, let's give Heidi Meyer a big shout mm-hmm. out. When yeah. she brought yeah. this group of amazing entrepreneurial women together, none of us knew what we were coming for. It was, yeah. I think, three nights, four days. We had hot chocolates at nighttime. We had amazing speakers. We had beautiful food. We had one gorgeous man with us, the beautiful Martin. I just, the community, you've talked a little bit about connection, Did that bring you into a whole new sphere? Was that a pivotal point at all for you or was it a reminder of what it means to be around like-minded souls who are entrepreneurs and out there as well?
0: Yeah, I think the key to that weekend especially was um, I feel like most of us, certainly I did, showed up without knowing what we were showing up for. It was this Heidi sent us all an invitation in the inbox I looked at it. I thought, Oh, sounds cool. I could do with a couple of days away. Um, I said, yes, didn't even really know what I was saying yes to. I Googled everybody's names the night before. I looked them all up in LinkedIn and looked their profiles, but I didn't really know like what we were. It was the first of the summits that had been had. Um, I'm, I usually like to go places with somebody, but I showed up on my own and, uh, and I think that's the it that was the secret. It felt right, felt this it's like it looks good, felt feels good. Yep, I'm just gonna go. Like I don't really not gonna give it too much um energy to start with. I'm just gonna show up. And what I feel like we all just showed up and we showed by doing that, we were less calculated and we were more raw in who we are and what we're doing, um, as opposed to the why of you know, showing up there with intention to get something out of it. We all got something out of it, but it was to our truest self. And I think Heidi probably even didn't even realize what she was starting either, because I mean she just put out what she felt was right at that time, and then the response was a whole heap of people that connected um, subliminally to that as well. And then from that, obviously, it's been able to to uh, be articulated and and have more summits. But that first particular summit was very raw, very um, very unique, and I did meet some amazing women uh, in in that in that group for sure and even so like obviously i met you and even tonight um my friend nadia she's the editor of the daily she's having the launch of the newspaper prints coming back out and i'm going to that so there's even in a day i'll have two or three of those particular connections um that show up in my world so that yeah that definitely was an inspiring week for sure
1: it was incredible wasn't it and then to have the likes of you know, Jeanette Alum hill share her story and to be the Telstra Businesswoman of the Year. I don't know if you felt the same, but it was like I'd heard of her, I'd seen her, but to actually hear her share her story on a couch, basically all in our pyjamas, was was also really cool. And I encourage anyone out there who has an entrepreneurial mind but is a craving, that connection is to put it out there, to do something like what beautiful uh, Heidi did. And let's high-five her in this moment. Um, Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, and just showing up, showing up with intent, showing up to just show up is is the secret. And they always say the hardest part is, you know, when you say you want to go to the gym or something, the hardest part is getting there. Once you're there, it's easy. And I think that's it's the same with any unfamiliar circumstance. You just have to show up and then the rest is easy. Not, sorry, easier, I should say. And it's the same with life. Every day you have to show up. You just wake up out of bed and you show up. You say, I'm showing up today. It's a choice. It's an action. Um, out of a a choice in your head and you need to show up every day and therefore the good will come.
1: Yeah. I think when when you're saying that too, I believe showing up is loving ourselves. I truly believe that by putting us out, even if you don't know, my grandma always said, if you don't know what you're doing, if you don't know what to do, show up and serve. Yes. Go up and serve. And I've never forgotten it. So whenever I felt lost, it's like, who can I go and help? What can I do to support? Mm-hmm. Could I cook my neighbors a meal? Could yeah. I go and um, ring someone like Bridget and say, I'm putting it out there now. Do you need a hand in the kitchen? Let me come and make some, <laughs> some chocolate. Yeah. I want to do that with you. Um, but, you know, there's some real amazing um, energy in giving, giving to others, but more so right. giving to yourself. What is your definition of self-love?
0: I would agree with that. I think serving is definitely, you need to have a servant heart for sure, because it can't be about, it can't be, it really just can't be about anything else. It just has to be because you want to be there. And I think when you give, same for giving, serving's different to giving, but when you give a gift, you need to give it without, you know, you don't want the thanks. Like you shouldn't, do something because you want something in return. It's the same for serving. You should serve with a servant's heart that I want to do this for me and I want to do this for you and I don't want anything in return. Um, Same for gift giving, same for anything that you do. Um, And that goes with whether it's your team or your family or your marriage or or your, um, your kids. It's you doing it because A, it feels right. B, it seems like the right thing to do. And C, because it's not about anything other than this moment and serving or showing up or giving in this moment. Um, so I think the action of self-love is for sure is is about committing yourself to something without any expectations and meeting meeting that moment as as it is in that moment, whether it's with a person or with a task or, or with a job or anything. It's just, it's just about stopping and being, um, and self-love I think will come from that because you're not sabotaging, you're not expecting anything. You're not sabotaging any opportunity of peace that could come from that. And that's what I think brings (sighs) self-love.
1: It's powerful and something that, if, as you know, we could tell our children that till we're blue in the face. But unless we're actually walking the talk and living right. as the example, they actually see anything but that. So it's about being integral as we do this as well. And what, what would you say? I heard an interesting thing the other day. I don't know what you feel about these words, mother guilt. Now, mm-hmm. I, you know, I've always thought they were pretty powerful words. That you know, sometimes we feel guilty. Then I heard. This beautiful soul, one of my teachers, one of my mentors, say mother guilt is just a front for saying it feels better to say that than actually I don't want to be a mum right now, or I enjoy not being a mum twenty four seven of the twenty four seven. What's your thoughts around mother guilt?
0: Oh, I guess this is like it's different for everybody, isn't it? And some people's circumstances are a little bit more out of their control than others. Um, I'm, you know, it's hard for me to say because I feel like I am quite in control of my circumstances. Um, and I th- but I do believe that your, cho- your, your, your choices impact your circumstances and your life. Like, you, It really starts back to your, your choices and your choices come from your values. So if you have your values set and your choices come from that and then your life expands out of that, somebody's life Expanding out of that, you can look back, you can, you know, circle back and see, like, okay, that was a choice that was made that came from a value. And you can probably understand where that sort of guilt may have come, whether it's mother's guilt or any other sort of guilt. So, mother's guilt to me is about sort of wanting to be somewhere that I'm not, Um, you know, wanting to go to sports day and yet I'm committed elsewhere. But that still is a choice. I mean, that still is something that I've actively, I feel bad about it, but I still chose it. And sometimes you have to choose things that you you know they're going to cause you guilt, but you you need to for whatever reason. Um, and I guess it's just like wanting to be somewhere that you can't, or wanting to do something that you that you can't. It's sort of like being out of that control that you may be accustomed to. Um, but, yeah, I do think that sort of plays out differently for everybody, and it's not for anybody to judge anybody else's sort of version of guilt it's all it's all the same it's all relative right it's all relative to their own circumstances or their own it's somebody well somebody thinks somebody what somebody thinks is hard may not be the same for somebody else, but it doesn't mean to say it's not hard i mean it's 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 each to their own interpretation so I think just meeting people where they're at and listening to them and creating a, a safe space for them to vent if they are feeling mother's guilt but certainly not judging or throwing shade at them for it or, or comparing yourself because y- you may be in that same position soon and need someone to listen to and and not be judged for it. So but I do think mother's guilt would is a very broad term for a lot of different things.
1: Yeah, very so, cool. I love it. Mm-hmm. It just made me really question, you know, is it, and I think you hit the nail, it's being somewhere else when you want to be somewhere else and sometimes that's the biggest challenge we as mums have especially working mums
0: yeah you're juggling a lot for sure there's even three kids there's three different you know three different events on for the same same thing three kids whose do you go to
1: yeah yeah exactly oh yeah I was going to say that to you because how do you ever split yourself in three when they grow up all with different wants needs and desires
0: yeah Oh, look! I don't know. I guess every day is different, but I think you have to be attuned to what's what's who they are as individuals and what's important to them, and and then just ascertain is this is this pivotal, you know, is this going to impact if I don't do this or don't go to this, is this pivotal or not, um, you know, maybe as something that's not as not as interesting that. They may not develop an interest as much or it may be something that's really core. So, yeah, just trying to work that out. But you really have to be in tune and connected to to your people around you in order to be able to work that out for sure.
1: Mm. One of the things, we're going through a tough time. They, they say it's, and I keep hearing the word unprecedented, these times that we're in there's a lot of segregation division judgment which you just mentioned before there's a lot of fear there's a lot of things happening how are you navigating this from a maybe an intellectual mental spiritual point of view how are you navigating the world right now as a businesswoman and a mum and wife
0: i think um in, in personally i'm sort of just keeping keeping to myself i suppose on that i feel like there is a lot of judgment at the moment and there's a lot of loud voices and there's a lot of um but it's a season. We're in a season and I think you have to be really careful about how you isolate yourself or isolate others in something that is a season because it can be very you know, long you can have long term effects on on these sorts of situations. Um you see it I see it on social media a lot, people sharing their opinion and look, everyone's entitled to their opinion. There's definitely not anything wrong with that, but it's sort of like how you deliver it, I suppose. Um and then how you then, you know, you open yourself up and then you may you may get a response and then it's like how you handle that response will will determine whether or not that's going to be a positive or negative impact on your life. So for me personally as we navigate this I'm just focused on the goal um which is work and family um and friends and and sort of staying in my lane I suppose not trying to um breach beyond what I'm uh what I understand or what I'm intelligent uh, at understanding um and just yeah keeping Keeping on the down low, I'd say.
1: Yeah, great, great advice. And I think it's something that's really powerful at the moment. I also take from that really interesting that it is a season. I mean, this isn't going to last forever. And a lot of the time, the fear comes from people not seeing us ever coming out the other side, but we only have to look back in history to see we've always climbed through challenges and tough times. And I guess that relates to family, that relates to business, and of course, life. You were a small business woman winner in 2019 yes. um, in the Small Business Award for Food and Agribusiness on the Sunshine Coast. Yes. I watched you receive that award. I felt incredibly proud of you for doing that. And it really inspired me to believe that this little place, this little place in Australia called the Sunshine Coast, has an extraordinary array of entrepreneurial men and women. But there's this incredible, I don't know, there just seems to be, do you think there's something in the water here? Do you agree <laughs> with
0: me that there's
1: an there incredible is. amount of amazing women here on the coast?
0: There really is. And I don't, I don't know the answer of why, but I certainly know there is. There is, a, uh, an, there, oh, I don't know, there's just there really is an amazing group or just, it's not even a group, it's like pretty much the entire population is amazing um of independent men and women and businesses and um people people just a cut above the rest people just you know looking for more out of life um being the 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 captain of the ships um to get there and and they're sort of like bringing everybody along with them really it, it really is an amazing place to be living at the moment, and I think that's why. Everybody seems to want to be living here right now. They want to. They want to drink the water, but I don't know if it's in the water as such because I don't know whether you can sort of move to Sunshine Coast and all of a sudden be part of the Posse. But it's certainly something something unique about us for sure. Hmm.
1: Maybe it's just the beautiful sunshine and all the beautiful weather that we get that makes us all so positive. I think it's a treat to be here as well, and I love the the quieter pace, you know. Yeah, it is amazing, for sure. So, you know, we're coming to the end. I'm just so grateful for your time. I know how busy you are. Uh, To the self-love podcast listener, people who are on the journey of really trying to learn to fall in love with who they are, understand their skills, their, their beautiful abilities and strengths, and also appreciating their constraints, maybe their weaknesses, looking at the fact that none of us are perfect or maybe we're all imperfectly perfect, what would you say to the beautiful listener? They are an exceptional soul, the person that listens to this. What would be your advice to someone on the journey of self-love?
0: Oh, wow. Um, I guess just being true to who you are and, and being okay with who you are. Uh, and if you're not okay with who you are, then taking action to, to um move upwards and inwards of who you would like to be i think that without doing that you sort of are leading a life of false opportunities because you can't connect with anybody when you don't really know who you are because you you know you just always have that wall there i think you have to knock down the wall and be authentic um and then show up in other people's worlds in, in who, as, as who you are and find that place of belonging and find your tribe and love them hard. So, yeah, knowing who you are is probably key.
1: Yeah, and that's part of the personal growth in this thing called life that every challenge that comes up is certainly an opportunity for growth, expansion, curiosity, inquiry, rather than the world is against you. And that is certainly something that you live by. I would call that one of your strongest points of ethos and how you grow and love your business. As we come to a close, what is your favorite quote that you love at the moment? Is there anything in particular that you're reading or that you enjoy at the moment from a quote point of view?
0: I do actually and it was, uh, again, the PJ Summit that I discovered this um, author called um, Brene Brown and it was Jeanette Allen-Hill that introduced us. She, she often quotes, quoted her that weekend and has quoted her since and so I have um, fallen in love with her um, sayings and quotes and ethos as well. However, the quote that I have, it's about integrity and it says, integrity is choosing courage over comfort choosing what is right over what is fun, fast or easy, and choosing to practice our values rather than simply professing them. And I think that that is really really key because you can say whatever you think the other person wants to say, but your actions will always outweigh your words.
1: I love her too. She's extraordinary and I love the research she's done around this and the fact that she talks so openly about, not only integrity and courage and all of those things, but the the power and the bravery of being vulnerable. Yeah. And I think that is one of the most beautiful key messages I took away from that weekend yeah. and also from her. And also women like you, my friend, I am incredibly proud of you. I love everything that you're about, your beautiful family. Let's give a shout out to your amazing hubby, your mom, your family, your network that all support you and your beautiful team. If people wanted to taste the amazing Cocoa Pod, how do we get in touch with you? How do we follow you? How do we get more of, of Cocoa Pod?
0: Okay, great. Well, the team and I would love you to experience our um, craftsmanship and you can find us on instagram or facebook under coco underscore chocolate or on the website is www.cocopod.com.au and it's coco pod k-o-k-o-p-o-d
1: I just I think that's extraordinary and the fact that this will come out obviously prior to Christmas and the lead up if you are ever wondering how to make someone feel better through these times maybe it's not the alcohol maybe it's the chocolate mm. there is some special amazing tell us some of your flavors just so that people get an idea of the things that you make
0: yeah well we do mostly like chocolate blocks and we also have a significant range of macadamias. so our hero product is our caramelized macadamias and they're in caramelized coconut or blonde or classic flavors and then our blocks we have flavors like leatherwood honeycomb and cookies and cream and salted caramel and um, butter toffee we make with some amazing butter from pepicea and salt and then we have a range of chocolates that's designed for cheese boards so they're called grazing chocolates and they're a bit more savory and they've got um, flavors that are a little bit uh, more attested to cheese and nuts and fruits as well
1: Perfect touching on every base. And I have to say to you, listener, if ever you're going to someone's place for a dinner party or you need a quick gift, I'm so grateful that my local store just up the road here be fresh stocks cocoa pod. And that is my go-to place whenever I take I take a beautiful little aromatherapy spritzer and a bar of cocoa pod. And that is my go-to treat and gift for any host or any quick little gift that I want to give to someone. So I just want to say thank you. Thank Thank you you for all that you do. Beautiful girl. Have a wonderful day and thank you again. I'm so proud that I was the one that read your profile at the Uh Pajama Summit a couple of years ago and I'm incredibly honoured to be on the Sunshine Coast amongst such extraordinary souls like yourself. Here's to you, my love. Here's to all the entrepreneurs out there, all the mums that are doing it as best they can, and here's to constantly and always, in your words, showing up.
0: Thank you, Kim. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast.